We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. We are back for another episode of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We had to make a little bit of a switcheroo on the podcast here today because we want to do the Oktoberfest podcast right. I know I teased that last time and uh, we have a guest in mind for it, but they couldn't do it this week. So we want to do that right. So whenever he is available, we will do the Oktoberfest podcast because we're kind of smack dab in the middle of Oktoberfest beers right now anyway. But we want to get it done with the right guest and be able to go out there and do all the cool things that we've been able to do with guests in the past. So today on the podcast, this was a topic that we had written down on a note sheet and I totally forgot about it. I kind of forgot about it too. And it's glassware. And I think that sounds weird to a lot of people who are noobs to beer or or novices, I should say. And uh, they they go, why is that important? You know, who cares? It's a pint. Just give me a pint glass. And Honestly, I'm kind of the same way. <laughs> I understand it a little bit, but it, I'm also kind of like, yeah, just give me a pint glass. I'll be good. I'll, I'll enjoy the beer. And I kind of want to break that mental wall down in the podcast today because apparently it's super important. <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big fan of glassware. Um, the right glassware for the right beer is is pretty great. It's not super important to me personally, but there are some. I might be negative Nancy on this podcast. There are some glassware things that drive me absolutely bananas. Well, that's cool because that means it's a learning process for those who can find out why you don't like it. And maybe they'll realize, hey, I've been doing it wrong. Or, hey, I can get a better experience than that. Yep. So we'll talk about that on the podcast. Uh, remember, you can find us on 1080thefan.com, on iTunes, on Google Play. We love when you subscribe and you rate and you review. We appreciate it 100%. And all the support we've gotten so far has been awesome. So we really, really appreciate it. And uh, so... If you haven't done that yet, we'd love it if you could. So please go give us a review and rate us on iTunes or Google or wherever you can. Um, we also are on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Mike Lynch 27. Patrick's on Instagram at PDD085. You can find the podcast there. You can find random musings from both of us there or pictures in Patrick's case. So uh, that's where you can find us. And uh, like we always do, actually, I'd like to start, though, before we dive into the glassware topic with our week in beer. And... You want to start? You want me to start? Yeah, I'll start. I'll okay. start. Mine's pretty simple. Um, I was in the great city of Pullman, Washington. Uh, went up there with a bunch of friends uh, to watch a Wazoo football game. Played Utah. Won. It was great. Had an awesome weekend. We decided to take an RV. We rented an RV and drove up there. And I'll tell you what. I have never sat in the back of an RV drinking for seven hours straight before. That was really fun. Just slamming beers on the on the ride from Portland. Were you trying to, to do like a power hour kind of thing? Or? No, I just didn't stop drinking. Oh, okay. I had no reason not to. We stopped and grabbed some food real quick, and I drank a lot of beer. I brought a lot of beer from from the brewery that I work at, so I drank a lot of that. But when we got to Pullman, there's uh, one of my favorite bars up there, the Coog. They have um, creative name. <laughs> it's one of the oldest bars in the state of Washington. They uh, always have a ton of Georgetown on tap, so I drank a lot of Bodhisattva when I was there. Uh, but being in Pullman, I also drank a S-ton of Bush Light, for that is 
uh, the national pastime. Yeah, every single college town has that one beer mm-hmm. that was always the beer that was chosen. Yep. It was the cheap beer, and it's different everywhere. Drank a lot of Rainier when I was in Pullman, too, but mostly Bushlight. Well, but there's a difference between Rainier and Bushlight. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we've talked about this, where Yingling, we drank a lot of Yingling where I grew up, mm-hmm. but at Syracuse, where I went to college, it was Keystone Light. Oh, gross. Keystone Light was the, what was the beer of choice. And then some people went Natty Light, which was even worse. That's that's the worst. Well, uh, Natty well, Ice is the worst. Milwaukee's best is the worst. That is true. <laughs> the beast. Oh my God, uh, I've got a I've got a story about that <laughs> with uh, <clears throat> of age yeah. drinking, but I will not share it on the podcast. <laughs> the University of Idaho kids they all drank Keystone Light, and Moscow's only eight miles away from Pullman, so they're basically our neighbors. And you knew when a UI kid came to your party because they brought Key Light. Yep. Yeah, you're like, get out of here. <laughs> Nobody likes that junk. I want my bush light. I instead. want my bush light. It's a far superior product. <laughs> it's all just bad water. It's basically Bud Light versus Coors Light. Yep. Keystone Light is just crappier Coors Light, and yep. Bush Light is just crappier Bud Light. Yep. If I had to pick, I would pick Coors Light, which is why I think I like Keystone Light better. I think I'm going to take Bud Light, which yeah. is why I like Bush Light better. You know why? Because we drank Keystone and Bush in college, and we got used to the taste. <laughs> Pretty much. And then someone handed you a Coors, and you were like, oh, gross. And then they hand you a Bud Light, and you're like, ooh, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, so that's your weekend beer. Very simple. But very, very simple. Lots of drinking and football, which is yeah. always good. Back to the grind this week, which is nice. I've been traveling way too much over the last month, so to just kind of bury myself back and work has been nice. I... Didn't really have anything crazy this week in terms of beer. The only thing that I did was uh, when it's fresh hop season, uh, fresh hop season, S-Z-N, if we're going to go what the kids are saying these days. <laughs> Is and, that a real thing? Oh, yeah. Instead of saying season, they say S-Z-N. God, people are getting lazy. <laughs> That's really lazy. Season's not even a hard word to spell. True. But S-Z-N is easier. Um, Jeez. When it, when it gets to be fresh hop season, I like to go to new seasons because they always have fresh hop beer there. Mm-hmm. And they, they've kind of shrunk their their beer section from what it used to be. But I, I went this Sunday, and I was like, oh, let me go check it out. Let me see if there's there's going to be fresh hop beer there. There was. And uh, I wound up splurging a little bit and getting like six bombers and whatever the little shorter ones are. 500 mils. 500 mils. I got like six of them, which is way too many. I haven't even finished them all yet. Uh, but I got Killer Green. I got Killer Red. I got two gigantic fresh hop beers, one of which was specifically made for new seasons, which I thought hmm. was interesting. I had a return of the Simcoe not too long that's, ago. That was the other okay. one that I got. Um, so I got that one, and then I forget what the one for new seasons was was called, but it was with Citra hops. And uh, four, and then I got oh, then then I got the one that I want to talk about. You went to Great Divide in Colorado, and you said you were going to bring me back a a Yeti stout, mm-hmm. and I forgot because yes. I'm a jerk. Not a jerk, just just drinking a lot. I understand. So I saw it there on the shelf, and it was ten bucks. And I was like, I don't really want to spend ten dollars, but Patrick said I should really try this. And I was like, okay, I'll splurge a little bit. I'm already buying the. I'll just look. I'm splurging on beer this week. That's fine. And I bring it home, and I I, I had a couple already. And later in the day, uh, later in the evening, I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and have the the Yeti Stout, and. I always just like to check the date on the bottle just to see. And the date on the bottle was 2016. Awesome. And I I, I called Patrick, at being the novice that I am, and I, I thought I knew the answer to this, but I wanted to make sure. And I had just gotten off an RV. Like, I literally stepped off the RV back in Vancouver, like, two minutes before you called me. Really? So I'm just like, oh, God, you go home, and you shower. <laughs> you sounded surprisingly sober on the phone. Um but I was just like, I just want to check 
I know it's bourbon barrel age, so to me that's kind of like wine, like you can age it. Should I drink this two years late? And you basically went, dude, you found a two-year aged bourbon barrel Yeti from Great Divide in Colorado on a new season shelf for $10? Yes, drink that. I was quite surprised. Drink it right now. Drink it right now. And I did, and it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple in my cellar. I don't, I don't tend to cellar a ton of beers. Um, I have some, a few special ones that, over my introductory into craft beer that I, you know, came across, especially the barrel aged stuff that I keep. I keep a lot of breakside stuff, but that's just because I have it. It's so readily available to me. Um, but there is some that I do like to keep. I have a couple bottles of different Yetis. I think I have an oatmeal Yeti. And uh, an original Yeti, and they might be like 2015. Mm. Um, and the crapshoot on those is like I have no idea what it's going to taste like. I'm glad to hear the 2016 tasted great. It did, so that's a plus. And, and I'm think... sure we'll do a barrel aging podcast at some point. Yeah, when especially a bourbon barrel aging podcast, but uh, it it can be kind of a crapshoot. I don't know. The problem is, is I don't know how it tastes fresh. Right. So it's hard for me to say like, oh, it tasted better. It just tasted good. Uh, I don't, I, and I can't remember. It was just, I think, the original Yeti. I think it, that's what it was. It was a bourbon barrel aged original Yeti, if I if I remember correctly, yeah. and it had some hints of cherry in there, and it was nice. it was really really good, but it was really heavy. Oh yeah, really thick. Um, it kind of it as it was pouring, it kind of had that like syrupy look to it, mm. just because of how it was just that thick of a it's beer. Thick. It's my style of beer. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So if you can find at your local supermarket a two-year barrel-aged original Yeti for $10, go buy it. And I think those Yetis, I think Great Divide's really good about putting those dates in the bottom. Yep. It's on like a little – it's not hidden. It's on the label mm -hmm. in a little white section. They want you to barrel – they want you to sell that beer. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to mention, because I totally forgot up until this last second, is last week, the day the podcast dropped, that night – I went out with my wife to your establishment. Oh, yeah. Breakside. Slabtown. When you guys put all 10 of your fresh hop beers on tap on the same day, and when I got there, which was late, it was like 8.30, nine of them were still on tap. Only one of them had been tapped out. Yeah, we lost one, and it's too bad because that one was really good. What was really fun this year um, is we did seven seven different fresh hop beers at the Milwaukee location. Decom did one of their own and Slabtown did two, which gave us 10. And we had the idea like, hey, why not just put all 10 of these on, throw a little love on social media and see if we can get people down here. We did a taster tray of six of them. Um, and then there were the other four, or by the time you got there, the three other ones um, that you can try. And they were all different. And, you know, there was two different versions of the same beer using different hops, which I always think is really kind of fun to see the difference. I think Ex Novo did that this year as well. Um, and it was it was a smash success. I think it was really great. People were really excited. The staff was really excited. And every time you can excite the staff about beer, um, that translates to the consumer. I, I can't remember exactly the names now of the ones I like. I think I liked the one that was Centennial. Was that Stay Fresh? Stay Fresh. That's Stay West using fresh Centennials. That one was my favorite. It was great. Uh, there was also, oh, I'm going to forget all the names of them now. I apologize for that. There was one that had that that funk to it, that the original Ex Nova one that we had. That stankiness to yeah, it. Yeah, that, that, that I was like, oh, there we go. That's what I was looking for. I wanted I wanted another one of these. Uh, was it What Fresh Beast? Yep, that was it. Just took a bronze for yep. Fresh Up. There you go. Uh, what Fresh Beast, that was one that I, I liked very much. And then I enjoyed the 
Rainbows and Unicorns one. Fresh Rainbows, Fresh Unicorns. That one was really good as well. Using Comet. Yes. And then I saw Nugget was a hop that was used in one, which I'd never heard of before. Bazooka Face. Bazooka Face, yeah. yeah. It tasted like blueberries. That was my wife's favorite one. That's one of my... That was That's probably my favorite of them all. I really enjoyed the uh, uh, the Fresh Chinook, which is just Breakside IPA Fresh Hopped. Is that... That's the only day you guys are going to do that? Was that last Thursday? All yeah, 10? it was just that day. Now we're all kind of, all three locations are just like what we have left. So what's, you know? So for those listening today or tomorrow and they want to go this weekend before the Fresh Hops run out, what is left that uh, you know of? I think Slabtown still has Rainbows and Bazooka. Um, I don't know how much. They probably still have What Fresh Beast as well. I'm not sure how much they have left. I know in Milwaukee they have... Uh, what do they got down there? Some Cascade Wanderlust that's almost done. Fresh Tall Guy, Fresh Thirst Trap, uh, What Fresh Beast, and Fresh IPA. So I would I would say go to Milwaukee, but I'm biased. I love that spot. Well, that's probably also the best bet anytime you want a breakside beer. Yeah, it's the most options. Yeah, there's 24 beers on tap. Yeah. So that was uh, our week in beer. I think that's all we did. Yeah. I'm not forgetting anything anymore. Yay. Let us know what yours was on Twitter and Instagram. Again, Mike Lynch 27 is me on Twitter. Patrick's at PZD085 on Instagram. So let us know what your week of beer was like. And uh, uh, again, rate, review, subscribe. We love you. Yeah, if you stop somewhere and say you're on Instagram, you stop somewhere and you're like, wow, what a cool place. Just throw a tag on me or or shout an ad at me and, uh, and uh, let's chat. Let's have fun. Do the same thing on Twitter with me if you'd like. Uh, so let's get into the topic du jour. And that is glassware. Now, I think for most people... When you think glassware, you think wine glasses. Mm-hmm. You think glasses for reds and for whites, and there's there's champagne flutes, right? But there's also different types of red and white glasses depending on the type of wine that you have, and it has an impact on uh, on the uh, oh my god, what's the word? Decanting process. There you go. Has an impact on the decanting process. What type of glass you have. Let's more air into the wine. When you take a sip, it kind of rotates it around the glass differently, so you get different flavors from it. It's a whole world, but I don't think of glassware when I think of beer. I think of, give me a pint glass, I will drink the beer. And in some cases, it's a snifter, which I always just assume is because it's a higher alcoholic content, so they don't want to give you quite as much. That's my assumption. Uh, The Europeans would think you're weird. I'm sure they would. Yeah, they love their glassware. But that's my idea of glassware with beer. So, for those of you out there who are like me, Patrick, why am I wrong? Well, it's not necessarily that you're wrong. I think there's just, I think it's just something you haven't come across. I think there are certain styles of beer that lend themselves to certain types of glassware. Um, I mean, I would say, you know, things like, especially German and Belgian style beers, they can dance all over the place. You know, whether you have whether you have a Stein or a Snifter or a zombie or a pilsner glass i mean they're kind of all over the place and they're just meant they're specifically designed for each beer to showcase some of its flavors just like in wine you know a pilsner glass tends to be kind of skinnier and taller even though it's the same amount and i believe it starts small and gets bigger because it wants to kind of open itself up it also i think has to do with how pilsners are originally poured where you literally just set it under the tap pull the handle it drops in creates a bunch of foam and then that foam settles and you continue to do that until it's all the way to the top. And I think each glassware is trying to encompass that kind of idea, like lend itself to what it needs. And there's some beers that, to be honest, it doesn't kind of doesn't matter what, what you're putting in. Okay. An American domestic lager. I don't think that really matters. What kind of glassware an IPA. I don't think that really matters either. Um, I think that those, some ales are just kind of built that way that they don't necessarily need anything. However, like I was saying, the Germans, the Belgians, they make stuff with, 
like especially their yeast characteristic in Belgium, uh, their stuff is so different that they kind of require uh, various sizes of glassware. Well, before we get into... It's a snooty thing, for sure. Because beer is beer to the... For the most part. Right. But I also think any chance to enhance the beer is good. Mm-hmm. So snooty or not, it's not necessar- necessarily necessary, if you will, but it might make it better. Yeah. And, and well, th- that's my question, too. I was going to add on to it based on my experience with the Eddie this weekend. So generally, uh, if I get one of the bombers or the 500 milliliter I, and it's just me, I'll just drink it out of the bottle, right? Yeah. I, I just don't want to deal with pouring and, and washing dishes and stuff like that. I'll yeah. just drink it out of the bottle. You're, you're like me. We hate dishes. Right. But I just reuse the same pint glass all week. And just rinse it over No, I'm over. joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I drink it out of the bottle, but when I got to the 8 I went, I can't drink this out of a bottle. I have to pour this into that a That would be hilarious, though. Right. Just swigging <laughs> off a bottle of Yeti. Um, so I poured it into the glass, and that thought process alone to me was like, huh, why did... Normally, I think I would have just like, ah, I'll just drink it out of the It's easier. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to let the flavor hit the glass and open up and get mm-hmm. some oxygen in it. And maybe that was the right thing to do. I assume it was. But is it wrong for me just to drink it out of the bottle if I'm having like Return of the Simcoe from Gigantic? Should I pour that or sh- is it fine to drink out of the bottle? I, I mean, it's it's a personal preference, I guess. Um, I prefer to drink things out of glassware. You can be snooty if you want. Um, I prefer to drink things out of glassware personally just because... Uh, I like to see the color. I like to smell it. Um, kind of like what we talk about when we do beer of the week. Um, I can't do that in a can. I can't do that in a bottle, really. Um, and plus, I think I just like the way a, a glass feels in my hand. Um, I'm guilty as charged of not, you know, drinking specific like Belgians in a snifter or something like that. I'm not. I don't do that all the time because I do want. I am comfortable with the pint glass in my hand, the way it feels, and snifters to me make me feel like I'm a little more fancy than You're I really am. You're a fancy am. lad. Yeah, that I'm more fancy than I actually am. Uh, but if I'm going out, you know, I think I look. I think I look at it like I like to drink my beer the same way I do at home as I do when I'm out. And when I'm out, it's in a glass. And when I'm at home, I like to do that as well. Is there a reason why? cans and bottles taste different i know this isn't the glassware podcast but that's not its own podcast so i guess i'll just corkscrew it in here because we've talked about that because you pour it into the glass and then you kind of get similar flavors when you pour it into the glass but in a can and in a bottle and off the tap the beer tastes different in all three avenues yeah is there a reason why um i mean there's just so many different ways to package i mean packaging it in a keg when it's going to go through a draft line um that has that's just touching stainless steel and some vinyl tubing, uh, assuming wherever they're pouring their lines are clean. So that's more of like the direct flavor of the beer to where the bottle sits in a glass and depending on, you know, their space in the glass. So that can be oxygen if it sits for too long or if it's not packaged properly. Um, and then a can. There's this big myth about the cans that I think they've debunked that there's like a protective liner inside the can that can kind of give off a little aluminum flavor to it. Um, but the can is more the can is most likely more sealed. Less oxygen is going to get in that can than in the bottle. Um, there's so many factors. I've always liked tap the best. Tap's always going to be the best. It's it's the closest to the pure you're going to taste the beer from the tank. And then I like bottles and then cans. I'm not a huge fan of cans. I only like cans for um, convenience. Just like, like traveling with out cans. And about. Yeah. yeah. All right, just wanted to course go that in there because it's interesting because it's all the same beer. Right. But, but the, the second it touches the different material or the different amount of oxygen gets in, it's not the same beer. Yeah, I don't like broken glass on rivers, so I do cans. 
Oh, but you're in the river. I mean, you could just let what? it sink to the bottom. Let it sink to the bottom? Yeah, you're a great person, Mike. <laughs> Go back to the East Coast, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I was I pulled this up. And it's on a Beer Advocate, which I think is a big beer site. I see it all the time. And it just has all the different to glasses. The, to say the least. Is it? They're giant. Yeah, they're I, massive. There's I a reason it pops anything. up every single time you type something beer related in. I don't know anything. Um, and these are the glasses that popped up on the Glassware article, which is its own page. They have the flute glass. They have the goblet or chalice, which is badass. I prefer the term chalice. Okay. We got the mug or seidel or stein. Stein. We got pilsner glass or pokal. We got pint glass, also called a becker, nonic, or tumbler. They're different sizes. You got a snifter. Got a stang. S-T-A-N-G. kind of reminds me of a zombie. Slender cylinder is the other term for it. You got a tulip. You got a wizen glass. And you have an oversized wine glass. Um, and they get, it tells you what beers go with all of them. The only ones that I see on a regular basis are obviously the pint glass, the snifter, and I see the tulip every now and then as well. Mm-hmm. I, I never see the Pilsner glass. I've never seen the, the Stein. Oh man, you got to go to Wayfinder. Wayfinder I've never has, seen the chalice. Wayfinder has the most badass Steins you're going to find. And that's actually a, if you are interested in glassware, like if you really want to kind of like dive in and try to figure some stuff out, I don't know like how much you're necessarily going to to learn on your own, but go down to Wayfinder, um, and they all of their beers come in different different glassware based like they, on the style of based beer. Based on the style of beer, yeah, they designed it that way, and it's so cool. And the glassware itself is just really nice glassware. Like you can tell they didn't cut costs. They've got their logo on it, and they look fantastic. So you kind of laughed at me, but so the snifter is not just because it's a super high alcoholic content, is it? Nope, not necessarily. I mean, you're you're looking at the uh, the kinds of beers that can go in there, and some of them are big bad beers, but not all of them. Like barley wines on here, Russian imperial stout, strong ale. You know, th- they're those are high alcohol. Yeah, beers. those are high ABV. But I'd also use a snifter for some Belgian stuff, some sours as well. And is it just is it more for smell because it has a rounded base? Yeah, I think or? I think so. And and I I mean I guess there is probably a little bit of truth to what you're saying, like bigger more pungent beers i don't want to say like boozier but like big bold flavors um you probably don't want a pint glass of i think a snifter is also going to control people haven't met me (laughs) i think a snifter is also going to control how much you take a sip of it i think a pint glass is easy to put down an ounce or two in a gulp to where a snifter at least for me which is why i don't use a lot of snifters uh this is going to sound bad because it prevents me from putting as much as i want uh in uh my mouth hesitating made it sound worse <laughs> could it if you stay with the ones uh, you thought, just gotta go with it the uh, and hope nobody putting notices. It, uh well uh, i was trying to figure out a better way to ma- say it mouth in mouth yeah putting yep, it in I my lose. mouth okay I'm, I'm, I'm done um so what do you hate then so you said you have some hates with glassware yeah, what, what's your what's your hatred it's just here? some massive frustration stuff um i think because i do tend to be an ipa drinker the one and i think i kind of maybe misconstrued this earlier as an IPA drinker, I prefer the Imperial Pint, which basically if you filled it from the base to the top with water, it would be 20 ounces. Okay. Because when it comes to things like traditional American ales, I want, I need headspace. 
And one thing that drives me nuts is going to, and, and I get it, it's cost and space and all this blah, blah, blah. I, it drives me absolutely insane when I go somewhere and they have what we call a shaker pint, which is the, the glass pint that goes into like a, a shaker tin to make a cocktail. It doesn't have any sort of like bulb at the top. It's just a straight glass. Yeah. And if you fill that with water from bottom to the top, it's 16 ounces. And so when you go to a dive bar or something like that and they have craft beer on, you want a beer, they're going to fill that all the way to the top with no head on it because they're afraid the consumer is going to feel cheated. You know, if you gave them 14 ounces and two ounce space of head, they're going to be like, oh, why am I I'm paying six bucks and I'm not even getting 16 ounces? So the, the shaker pints drive me absolutely bonkers because I have to have head. There's no way I can taste this beer without seeing it in its true form. So shaker pints drive me nuts. Good I wanna, job committing on that one, by the way. I want to, I want to just tell bartenders, hey, for me personally, do whatever you want. Don't piss anybody else off. But for me personally, I will gladly. You might get a better tip if I get 14 ounces in headspace. So that's that's probably the number one thing that drives me That's nuts. interesting. And I, I never really thought about that. But once you say that, I instantly think of a few places that I go to regularly mm-hmm. where they fill it to the complete top with absolutely yep. no head. Yep. And some of those places, who I will not name, also, the beer just doesn't taste as good. Yeah. They might not have clean lines like you talked about. It's off the tap, mm-hmm. but they might not have clean lines or for what maybe the whatever the way they set it up is incorrect. I don't know. They fill it up to the top with no with no head and the beer taste is fine, but you know it's not what it's supposed to taste like. Right. I feel like that happens more often than it should. Yeah, I, I think breweries do a great job of it. Um and there's different ways to go about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not thinking about breweries. I'm right. thinking about other places. Yeah, like Tap some tap houses or just restaurants bars, that have restaurants a bar. for yeah. sure. I think breweries do a great job with it, and especially in the in the pint glass, there's all different styles. We were out at uh, Hood River a couple weeks ago, and you know you can tell the pint glasses for Double Mountain and the pint glasses for Freem are very different, but they both get the job done. And I think that's because they because they are giving you enough space. I'm trying to remember now. I well, think the, yeah, they were different. The Double Mountain is kind of. It kind of at the base, it gets a little smaller, and then it kind of balloons up. Yeah. And then it's flat at the top to where Freem has just that classic, you know, you'll see it at a break side. You'll see it at, at, at Wayfinder. You see it at a lot of places. has that classic, it's 20 ounces, and it just kind of goes straight up and gets and like slightly, slightly larger wider, at yeah. the top. Slightly wider at the top, but nothing real drastic. Yeah. No, you're right. I didn't even notice that when we were And you'll there. see the little line that says, you know, 16 ounces, or they'll put something cool right there that yeah. says something that signifies this is the top of the pint and the rest should be headspace. Yeah. I have noticed that at a lot of places, and it will follow that rule where the headspace will be at the line mm-hmm. and then the rest will be below it. Yep. That's interesting. So you don't like shaker pints. Shaker pints drive me nuts. Uh, the other thing, the other things that drive me crazy, um, and this is this is kind of a larger one that you can avoid this to an extent, and I think I do for the most part, but it's still out there, is I absolutely despise drinking beer out of plastic. 100%. It, it, it is so gross to me. A, I hate plastic, period. And B, every time I taste a beer, I taste plastic. Whether it's like a red Solo cup at a party, okay, we're drinking Bushlight, nobody really cares. But I do not want like, hey, I just brought this beer back from home and I live in Austin, Texas. Do you want to try it? Let me pour it in this plastic Solo cup for you, and I'd rather just not drink it. And you see that, you only see that kind of in parties, but that does extend to like festival glasses. Yep. And I get it, you don't want it, they don't want people breaking them. You know, uh, OBF used to have glass 
uh, taster glasses that right. you would get, and they were awesome. Now it's plastic. And now it's plastic. But it's not like the bendy, cheap plastic. No, it's it, a solid yeah, plastic. Yeah, it, it's well-made, non-biodegradable plastic. It's beautiful. Um, and they did that because people would take their glasses, and they'd be wandering around downtown after the festival drunk, drop it somewhere. Oh, no, it broke, and then just keep walking. So it made a huge mess. So I understand why they changed it. But it's awesome to be able to taste beer out of a glass, especially at four ounces at a time. I can't tell you how many places I go to, and it's like, oh, can I taste, you know, say it's like a tap house. Oh, can I taste uh, uh, the culmination, number 17? First of all, they never know what beer it is. You have to tell them a number, like it's an American Chinese restaurant. And they look up and they get, take these little, like, one-ounce plastic cups, and they put a little beer in it, and they're like, here you go. And I'm like, right, because I can taste this. <laughs> so I know, it's, it's like, it's like a not even full. It's, yeah. it's, it's head at the top. With just this tiny, tiny little yeah. speck of beer. And you taste it, and you're like, well, I guess that's fine. Yeah, just, you know, just get a four-ounce, five-ounce glass, and you only have to splash an ounce in it. But let's splash that ounce in it so I can actually taste this right. thing. Any any final thoughts on glass? I've got nothing outside of I'd like to see more variation because it sounds cool to try beer in different types of glasses. But any final thoughts on your end? Uh, I don't think there's a ton of people in this town that, that do a lot for it. I think there are some places that do it well. Um, I think to really to really capture the true like need and love of glassware. Um, I recommend any German, Belgian brewery, tap house, things like that. Cause that's such a, a, an ingrained thing situation over in Europe that, uh, I think breweries, as I said, mentioned like, like wayfinder and the commons when they were open, um, occidental, those guys, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna walk you down glassware row. And so check them out. I will. I have not gone to any of those places yet. Uh, you want to go to Wayfinder on Saturday before the Indians game? <laughs> Maybe. It's a cool place. Good food. You did you did invite me out Saturday for the Indians game somewhere, so I might uh, I might pick you up on that. I do have a friend coming to town, and I'm not sure what the plan is with that, but um, he's not visiting me, so I am the I am the third wheel. Ah. So I can also say, hey, can't do it today. Let's do another day. Well, and I can I, come I'm, out to Wayfinder. I'm always the third wheel, so if you need advice, holler at your boy. Okay. <laughs> Coming up next, we've got our beer of the week. As always, this is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And I had, just like last week, you had no idea. I had no idea what I was getting myself into this week with the beer of the week. Me neither. I had to stop and pick this up on the way in. I was like, what are we going to do? I don't recognize the brewery. I don't know if I've ever had this style of beer before. So yes. you want to spill the beans? What sure, do we got? why not? I believe it's pronounced Duvel. Uh, it is one of the older breweries in the world. It comes out of Belgium. Uh, they were This brewery was created in 1871. This is their beer. Um, this is the Belgian Golden Ale Single Fermented. Uh, this is one of the most classic beers around the world that we only recently started getting 16-ounce cans to America. So this is really one, like, this is an internationally renowned oh, beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is this is definitely, I mean, I remember seeing these. I stopped at uh, my local bottle shop, and I remember chatting with one of the bartenders, and he was like, can you believe this? Look what came in. And I was like, when did they start canning? He was like, I don't know, but it's so great. <laughs> Right, we well, now get this classic Belgian beer. And the can is awesome. Yeah, it's super slick. It's just it black. Looks, it looks like a matte car. Mm -hmm. The D is red. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's. I think that's what I love. It's things I love like uh, Sun Rivers cans, Rippin', Vicious Mosquito, and Fuzztail. It's just green. It says Sun River. Yep. Rippin'. 
This is black. Brewed by Duvel Mortgat in Purs, Belgium. P U U R S. Yep. 1871. Yeah, this is this is a classic, classic. For you, Mike, as somebody that doesn't drink a ton of Belgian beers, if any, this is an excellent introduction to right. your life. Well, let's pop them. And let's uh let's take a little let's take a little test see over here. I found these uh chalice-esque glasses yeah, in the not, break room. They're not chalices, but they are they've got the little like bubble things on the side, <laughs> if you will. It works. So I guess Ooh. we'll get the similar flavor to it. Ooh, it smells stanky. I like it. It smells stanky. Uh with two row summer malts and noble hops, then dry hopped with citra. Uh this beer is crisp, beautifully balanced, and remarkably refreshing. Do they get citra hops in Belgium from here? Most likely. That's they might cra- grow their own hops out there. I actually don't know. That'd be crazy if they came to the Pacific Northwest, the big like Belgian brewery. Well, they probably get pellets shipped to them from somewhere, but they might brew over there. I actually don't have no idea, so I don't want to say yes or no to anything. I have no idea uh, if they're growing those type of hops over there or not. It does have that that fresh Belgian-German style smell. I feel like there's a smell to it, to almost all of this style of beer that has kind of like that. It has one note that I'm like, oh, I get that. Mm, yummy. When do you get to the body? Uh, Belgian beers tend to be yeast-driven. Um, they've got their own kind of specific strand of yeast that you're going to get. That's probably that uh, little banana-y, estery flavor you're getting in the background. Whoa. Whoa. It kind of... Keanu Reeves? <laughs> Just want to bring Keanu in a podcast for no reason again. It kind of hit me in a weird way. I wasn't expecting it. It starts off, it smells like a Belgian or German beer. Mm-hmm. The initial sip, you're like, oh, yep, I know what I'm getting into. And then it like, the, this is the first beer that we've had that the middle is the most flavorful. Oh, cool. Usually the middle to me is like, it's a continuation of the front. It's smoother. And then and an introduction some, to the back sort of thing. This is like right in the middle. It's pow, right in the kisser. And it's a uh, family guy reference for you. And I can, uh, I can catch it right in the middle. I don't know. Banana E, I guess. Yeah, I guess I can see that. That's what I get on the back end. That's, I mean, that's kind of that house Belgian yeast flavor. Um, I really like the the color of this beer. Is almost, you know, it almost looks and at first smell kind of like a Heineken. Not to bastardize this beer by any means, but well, that's, it's, a, it's a Belgian beer. That's right? kind of what it looks like and kind of what it smells like. Then you taste it and you're like, oh, now I see why you guys are famous. Um, honestly, it kind of looks like a cider. Like, it oh. looks like a sparkling cider, mm-hmm. but obviously does not taste Very like yellow one. beer. Yeah, very yellow, very see-through, and I don't, I don't, it, it, I guess it's banana. I'll, I'll trust you on that one. It is a very fruity, but not like sweet fruit flavor that you get right in the middle. And, you know, when I think of banana now, I think of Hefeweizen's, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily Widmer's, but when you have other Hefs, uh, they, they always say banana forward. And then you can very easily taste that flavor in, in a half. But this to me is, it's not quite as, as like obviously banana. There's something else going on. Maybe it's what you're talking about with the Belgian yeast flavor. It's just kind of, they, they have a flavor of the yeast there. I like to think 16 year olds trying to get drunk in Belgium drink this all day. And I'm so jealous. Yeah, I wish this is what I drank when I was. I drink like Rolling Rock and 21. Crap like that. <clears throat> Definitely when I was 21. Yeah, roll, I had Rolling Rock once, and I went, "Why did I just try this?" I know. How great would it be? <laughs> Why did I do this? To how great would it be to be to grow up in a country where a they let you drink because you know you're an adult or almost an adult, and b this is what you get to drink. I know, but do they just drink Heineken over there too? Oh, I don't know. I've never been. No, me neither. That's why I, I would imagine that this is not cheap. 
compared to a thing, something like Heineken. I don't know, man. These are four bucks a can. Here? After yeah. the import process, too? Yeah. Wow. I think it was like... Wow. Yeah, I think yeah, I think my bill was nine seventy, so four fifty maybe plus a little uh, tax. Because well, no the, the can tax, oh, can some tax. places, yeah, or there's to go fees and stuff like that, or I don't remember what I'm talking about. But I spent basically I spent ten bucks on these two beers, and so if you're telling me that they're five bucks a piece with imported and this classic style, like that tells me this beer is cheap in Belgium. <laughs> well, I, I would say this: if you are of a like mind of me and beer and tend to, to stay away from the light stuff on, on a personal taste basis. Although I'm very quickly changing that. Um, I think I talked about it last week. You'd be proud that I chose a Pilsner at a restaurant Yeah. that I just was like, you know what? I'm going to try this one. And I, I enjoyed it. Try this beer because although it, it looks scary from a person who doesn't like light beer standpoint, cause it's so clear and bright. It doesn't give you that, like typical lager taste that you you expect when you see it, right? Because it's not a lager, but it you, you see it and you kind of think what you're getting yourself into. But it's so flavorful that it reminds me of a dark beer's flavor profile, not in like matching flavors, but just that it pops right mm-hmm. in the middle of your sip. It's like, hey, here's all the flavor. Hello, that's what it reminds me of a dark beer, and I think you would like this if you wanted to to experiment with a light Belgian beer. This hey. was a good. I appreciate this. This is a very good entrance into the belgian world for me how do you like this it's 6.8 percent so fairly drinkable yeah, yeah. Right no i middle. mean it's like it's 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 got some booze to it you know a lot of a lot of lighter beers you know they're gonna come in at low to mid fives i don't know i think it's, it's bad boy packs punch and i'm maybe an idiot the, this maybe... is i'm an idiot real quick this is not a 16 ounce tall boy this is a 500 mil tall boy because duh you know metric system well yeah I you know, know that system that everybody uses except for those one idiots uh, i mean us <laughs> well don't start now because I don't know what the hell anything is. Um, I'm not smart when it, uh, even behind the scenes of Mike Lynch's life as a kid, I was pretty good at math. I hated learning measurements and systems like that. I could not remember anything when yeah. it came to like how many inches were in this or how many meters were in this or how many things are in a pint. No effing clue. No idea. Yeah, I only know some milliliter stuff just because of beer. And I mean, Growing up in the Northwest, who doesn't know their fractions? Am I right, guys? Wink, wink. What? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get the joke, but yeah. uh, maybe the Northwest kids will get it. You grew up and hung out with me and a bunch of those idiots. Yeah, we know <laughs> fractions really well. Oh, I <laughs> see you what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm slow. How many uh, ounces are in a pound, Mike? <laughs> I don't know, but you do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um. Try this beer if you can find it. I mean, if hey, if they're important in here and it's cheap and you can find it at a local bottle shop or because I haven't seen this supermarkets or anything, but I would be surprised if you saw it in supermarkets. It's kind of a I don't want to say niche crowd. I just think it's very much meant for a beer crowd. I don't think many people at new seasons even are walking in going like, oh, I'm gonna check out this Belgian single fermented golden ale. Right. Um, but then you walk in like I walked into Cerveza this morning and picked these up and I was chatting with Todd the bartender and I was like, what should I grab? Should I do the Orval or the Duvel? And he was like, grab that. That's great. Even though the Orval's his favorite beer. I'll bring that beer in sometime, too, okay. as another Belgian. Well, that I, beer looks completely different than this beer. I know that you love the Belgian-style beers a lot and the German-style beers a lot. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about how that's kind of popping in the in the scene now. Yeah. So I guess if you want an introductory taste to what could be the next big thing in, in Northwest beer, grab this, try it, enjoy it, because you will, and kind of 
get ready to, to taste a lot of beer similar to this yep. from different breweries. This is and this is probably the most amazing introduction to Belgian beers you could ask for. Well, I'm glad you did it because I enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad you like it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, next week, we will attempt again to do the Oktoberfest podcast if we can nail down the guest. If not, uh, we'll figure it out. But we're also getting close to our next location podcast as well. So we'll have to uh, noodle around with that. If you have any ideas for us, feel free to shoot it to us on, on Twitter or Instagram. I'll remind you guys again. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PZD085 on Instagram. Find the podcast, 1080thefan.com, iTunes, Google Play. And uh, please rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate it. And anyway, we've appreciated the support so far. Yeah, you guys have been awesome to us. We, yeah, we can't can't say enough. And because you guys listen out there, we were able to do some really cool things. We had such a great time at Double Mountain and Freem a couple weeks ago. That wouldn't have happened without people like you reaching out to us. Absolutely. So keep listening. We'll we'll keep uh, putting out podcasts for you every single Thursday at four o'clock. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you next week. Deuces. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.